A wild Tom appears. Go, Matt. Matt used podcasting. It's super effective. It's Tom and Matt Attack. could tell that we were coming down from the highs of last week's introduction and me and you looked at each other and we're like oh crap are we gonna top that <laughs> turns out hey. we didn't but we tried we tried i made a little pokemon noise there you, you like did. my pokemon it. cry it goes yeah I, I liked it i'm actually for a bit of behind the scenes magic i'm just gonna isolate that bit and put it in after i say a while tom appears and then maybe i'll do something myself who knows um, how are you, Tom Parry? Not bad. Cheers, Matthew Boyle. Uh, just uh, reminiscing about Pokemon, looking through some notes, remembering uh, yeah. what happens after, uh, what were we up to? Pokemon Ruby and Sapphire? We were up to Ruby and Sapphire, yeah. Yeah, so we're, go- we're moving into the DS generation. We are. Um, and how do you this feel about generation- that, Matt? <laughs> Well, I mean, you you kind of summarised it yourself, Tom, in that we'd have to split this into two separate podcasts, because obviously the other one was running a bit long. And you said to me, well, I haven't really thought about Pokemon all week. And I was like, well, I kind of haven't either, because this is this is the exact point where I lost interest in Pokemon. Um, not to say that I've lost interest in the franchise itself, um, but, but this, this is point the in our lives. point. Yes. It's when Pokemon Diamond came out was when I got it very excited about Pokemon Diamond. I must have got it near its release. Um, Purchased it, got halfway in, and really had a a moment where I just realised this is just the same thing. (laughs) Yeah, I I was doing a lot of... I can't remember if I mentioned it last week. I was doing a lot of web competitions at this time, and I was getting quite lucky by... There were websites where essentially you could kind of create like a bot that would fill in a website for a contest for you and all you had to really do was do the answer. So it would fill in all the rest of the details and you would click it. I would enter about like 10 of those a day because it would take about 10 minutes. And generally speaking, I would get a game or two every month, which is a pretty yeah. good go in. Um, and because of that, I want to copy a Pokemon Pearl. And I was like, oh, amazing, copy a Pokemon Pearl. Can't wait to play this. Um and yeah, I I I ended up trading it in relatively quickly because I played a bit of it and I was like, oh, do I want to play this again? Is does this feel like anything new? And so I will be honest, I don't even really remember that much about it. I know I beat no. it, I remember that much, but I can't remember anything really about it in the same level of detail as I did the other games. I have to say I'm exactly the same. I remember getting part way through it and then putting it aside, and then when Mario Kart DS came out, I traded it in for Mario Kart DS and never finished it. I, I later got I another copy, but yeah. Yeah, I, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure that I traded mine in towards a copy of Symphony of the Night, um, which was definitely the good choice in there. 
because there was a lot of hazy, crazy things where I traded in around that point. It was either, it was either silver I traded or it was pearl I traded for it, but yeah. I, I really don't think there was as much new stuff compared to the previous instalments. Uh, I can't recall there being anything particularly new, apart from obviously the wireless play. Um, I think you could maybe this was the first one you could play online. Uh, potentially. Was it also the first game from my memory that introduced seasons as opposed to just a day and night cycle? Or was that in black and white? Could quite possibly be. Yeah, I can't, I can't recall. I just don't have many memories of Diamond and Pearl, I'm afraid. Yeah, it did use the Wi-Fi connection. Could uh, voice trade, voice chat, voice trade, voice chat, trade and battle online. Yeah, I was right in that. Because this was yeah. quite a revolution at the time, because you play Mario Kart DS online as well. Uh, so it was the first game in that online world. And I remember also being compatible with Pokemon Battle Revolution for the Wii. Yeah. Do you remember that one? It was the probably the best Pokemon Stadium style game. Because you could also use your DS as a controller, um, oh. which was a problem with the other Pokemon Stadium games because your uh, opponent could always see what moves you were doing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I, I never. Obviously, I never played this because I didn't go down that far down the rabbit hole. And obviously, as I mentioned last week, I've got some kind of issues with Pokemon Stadium, so I never really played those games to the fullest. Oh yes, yes. As you know, um, if you've heard the last episode. <laughs> yes, previously on Tom and Mad Sack. Um, no, I, I just, I never really got this generation. I I think even with Emerald and Ruby and everything else, there was a bit of nostalgia there, but I did genuinely like the Pokemon design in that gen. Yeah. And Pearl and Diamond, I, I thought the legendaries were a bit lacking. It starts to get into this kind of weird, organic style of Pokemon that is like organic, robotic style with things. Um, well, what was your starter? You know, Let's go, go on. What was your starter for Pokemon? My Pearl? starter? I need to think. Um, I would, I, to be fair, I would assume it would have been Chimchar. I can't, I can't in any world think of me picking um, what's his face? Uh, what's the name of the grass Pokemon? Uh... Turtwig. Turtwig. Sorry. Yeah, yep. Turtwig, I remember it. We can't um, really apologise for our knowledge at this point in Pokemon. It, it goes downhill somewhat. <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, I, I do have a pretty good understanding of the Sinnoh Pokedex, thanks to Pokemon Go, but we'll talk about that later. Hmm. Um, I, To be fair, in hindsight, if I would have done it now, I would have probably picked Piplup, because I think um, Emperor, is it? Yeah. The, the, the penguin uh... he's evolved from is cool. Penguin uh, I with like the crown. His I name like to... is Emplolian. Emplolian, yeah. Though saying yeah. that, Pokemon Go, Torterra, generally one of my my Pokemon squad in a lot of raids, especially when I need a strong grass Pokemon. So, you know. I, I went for Torterra. Torterra, well, Turtwig to begin with. Turtwig, and, yeah. And uh, called him Terry. Made sense. Yeah. Terry the Torterra. Yeah. It does. I also had a Growlithe on my team, a Dragonair, a Pupitar, a Scyther, and a Stravia. Now, not many of those Pokemon are from Diamond and Pearl. Well, in to fact, be fair, I think I... Stravia might be the only one who is. 
I do think there is only around 70 new Pokemon in this game, right? As opposed to like the 100 odd. This is one of the first gens where they're like, okay, we're not going to do 100 monsters. If we only believe in X amount, we're only going to do X amount. And I don't know. I For me, it's not the strongest gen of Pokemon. Like visually. I think there are some good ones in there, don't get me wrong, but I still not my my favorite i think perhaps the weakest of all the gens if i'm being honest quite possibly yeah i do remember the black and white ones a lot better i know some people don't like black and white but we'll get on to that um yeah i stand yeah corrected. i think a, um there is around 100 in Sinnoh. actually i stand corrected i'm just looking at my pokedex on pokemon go um there is around 100 mark but i don't know giratina was st- kind of cool uh, and he was obviously the uh, the extra Pokemon introduced in the sequel to, well, can't call it a sequel, can we? It's the offshoot, the spin-off of Diamond and Pearl, Platinum. Oh, I'd completely forgotten Platinum existed, if I'm <laughs> totally honest. Yeah. I don't own a copy of Platinum, I realise, now you're saying this, because I was looking looking through my Pokemon archives. No, I, I don't think I ever played Platinum. No, neither did I. Platinum's the one with the uh, sparkly cover, like a shiny football sticker. Yes. No, I, I remember, and it's got Giratina <laughs> standing proud on the front. Completely forgotten that game existed. Wow, that's interesting. That says a lot about where my head was when this game came out. Absolutely. I mean, it was an okay entry. It just didn't do a lot uh, new. I think there was a Pokemon contest thing, which I'm never interested if they do like a fashion show or a contest or a yeah. poker berries mixing mini game i haven't really ever got into those sort of uh, extra bells and whistles that they sometimes add no. to the sequels the, cl- the closest i ever got was breeding and i mean that's not really that much of a thing compared to stuff like this like that's just improving ivs and whatever i don't know man like i look i looking through the pokedex and this is of course the generation where like sino stones came into it and they started introducing new evolutions of old Pokemon, none of which I think are particularly good, if I'm totally Go honest. Go on, give us like... an example, Matthew. Right, okay. So perhaps the strongest of them, though I didn't think so at the time, Magnazone and Rhyperia. Oh, yeah. No, they're all right. They're all right. Um, but then you have things like Togekiss, which... I, d- I don't think Togetic really needed to become a weird, like, blobby bird. Um, Magmortar just looks ridiculous. I, I like Togetic. I don't like Togetic. I think it looks awful. Tangrowth's all right, I guess. It's like a Yeti-looking Tangler. I thought Electivire took a very cool-looking Pokemon in Electabuzz and made it look a bit crap. Um, there's also the evolution um, of uh, Apom in Ambipom, as we talked about last week, or Sausage Fingers, as you called him, or Dick Fingers, or whatever it was. <laughs> cock Fingers, um, I think you're fine. Cock Fingers, oh, sorry, I stand corrected. <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, Licky Licky and uh, Weevil. Which is the Sneasel evolved form? I, I don't know, man. Like, you know what? I don't also, mind them. I think they were right. Those evolutions. Uh, we also got Leafeon and Glaceon as well. Yeah, oh, a Probopass as well for Nosepass. Um, 
and also Dusk Noir for Dusclops, uh, which to be fair... Porygon uh, Z as well? Oh, yeah, there is Porygon Z. And um, Mamoswine and... Gliscor, is it? The Gilgar Evolution, which to be fair, doesn't look bad. Oh, yeah, that, that one's all right as well. Yeah. I mean, See, they're not fair, bad, the are they, these evolutions? I, I don't like the evolutions themselves. The... The evolutions from this gen, Glaceon and uh, Leafeon, I do actually quite like. I don't think, Tom, controversial statement perhaps, I don't think they've designed a bad evolution in any of the gens of Pokemon. There's mm. none I don't like. Evolutions? Yes. No, they're all pretty good. They're all good. Yeah, they're, they're pretty strong output there. Okay, so... If you are defending these evolved forms, I thought that was pretty lazy. What do you feel about the legendaries, Tom? Like, I I ended up... Obviously, like, I won the copy of Pokemon Pearl I got, so I didn't really choose. Yeah. But, like, uh, Dialga and yeah, Palkia. Um, Palkia, I've never I really been that fond of. Those two, no. I think Giratina is quite cool. Um, but the other two, nah. I, I don't. I, think, I don't. I think they look kind of similar. Similar colours. Obviously, the big silver things with highlights in either blue or, or is it purple kind of thing. Uh, yeah. They weren't as good as the previous ones. Of course, we had uh, Kyogre and uh, Groudon previously yeah. in Ruby and Sapphire. Yeah, Even yeah. those weren't Obviously. maybe the greatest. But no, these ones, but... I think, are even a step down from them. I would say so too. I mean, I I love uh, Rayquaza just to, to get that out there. Oh yeah, Rayquaza, fantastic! Yeah, Rayquaza is fantastic. Yeah, I like Giratina. I mean, like, I like both forms. I like the one with the legs, and I like the the weird like ghosty version of him too. Yeah, I'm not yeah, sure why I... there's two versions to this day, but I <laughs> uh, I mean that's just I think just something, isn't it, that happens in Pokemon games now? Like that, yeah. that is just the nature of it. Well, I, I thought. Think... Uh, Go on. Cresselia was crap as well. <laughs> what was that? Cresselia, the weird like moon dragony thing, and like I can't even more... remember that one. I don't like any of the spe- I don't like any of the special Pokemon. Maybe Darkrai is the exception, but I don't like any of the legendary. Maybe you could get yeah. Darkrai through Pokemon Ranger. I think the only yes. way to get Darkrai at the time. Of course, it's different yeah, yeah. now. But um, yeah. one of the um, most noteworthy Pokemon to appear from that generation was Lucario. Lucario is a firm fan favourite to this day, featuring in uh, Smash Brothers. This is true. I, I, I have to be honest, even though I kind of like Lucario, I kind of like Greek Miss. I've ne- I was never really that blown away by the Pokemon. I, like at the time, I, I looking at this gen now. I think, like, Garchomp looks cool, as we've previously touched on. I think... Oh, God, there's even more evolutions, man. Like, Miss Magus and uh, Honchcrow for... Um, oh, yeah, I had the Honchcrow in one of my teams. I, I don't know. Like, I, I like Rapidos. I think Rapidos is a good design. I... Yeah, I, I don't know, man. It's I like just... Toxicroak. Toxicroak's all right. Carnivine's kind of fun. Like... It's not so not bad, not bad, but not the not best. Bad, but it's not the agreed. best, is it? It's not like the perfection of say a a Lugia or whatever in any of the legendary Pokemon or 
I like that. The perfection it. of a Lugia. That's, that's I a think Lugia term. is like an incredible design of a Pokemon. Like yeah, even to this day great. in Pokemon Go, when I see a shiny Lugia, which is like the red version of it, I'm like, oh, Lugia looks cool. So um, this was back in 2006. Just to well, I don't yes. think we talked about what what date this was released. This was after um, Pokemon Emerald that was previously released in 2005. So it was hot off the heels of Emerald, really. It was very close, yeah. I mean, mm. Emerald came out very late in the GBA's lifespan, to be honest. So, well, that's why. Um, but I don't know, man. Like, I, I think we can move swiftly on to a game that I think both of us actually played a bit more. Um, though I, I do notice a pattern here that I do have now, perhaps a generational Pokemon thing where I'll play one game and then skip the next one because I, I think that's true throughout this. So I, I played a bit of Pearl. I genuinely skipped it and then i moved on to pokemon white was the version i got of the next games of pokemon black and white yeah so to just quickly to correct myself it was uh emerald came out 2005 in the rest of the world so not japan it was out previously in japan okay so uh, uh okay, that makes diamond sense. and pearl wasn't out to 2007 uh, outside of japan so thank you for yeah, keeping yourself honest gap. Yeah, yeah. But I I'm, don't want to give any false information in the podcast, but uh, I am I am going to open some dates up though, Tom Parry, and correct you from now on, so we don't get angry emails. Oh, uh, but yeah, black and white, two thousand ten in Japan, two thousand and eleven, rest of the world. Yeah, um, obviously, Heart Gold Soul Silver comes out in between these two was games. Was absolutely but... fantastic, mind blowing, best Pokemon game ever made. Got me back like on board you. after the dis- disappointing slump of Diamond and Pearl. <laughs> Even th- even though we've talked about like not really thinking that much about Pokemon, I know I've got a copy of Soul Silver somewhere upstairs, and I've tried to find it at least two times because I've been like, mm, maybe I'll play Soul Silver finally. I think it's the um, one to play. I know, I know, I know. To be honest, if I were to play it, perhaps I would get a Japanese copy, but I, I imagine they're quite pricey outside of Japan. So I'd oh, just so you could learn edge. some Japanese, is that? Yeah, well, also, again, like, I've played through the original Game Boy 1 in Japanese because I, I knew that game so well in English, and now I think it would perhaps be a bit of a learning thing. Well, I've got Nino Kuni, though. I think I'm going to play that first in Japanese if I delve into that. Hmm. Oh, complete side note before we get into this, though we have teased Black and White as the next entry. Um, I was very disappointed, actually, when I opened my 3DS today, Tom Parry. Um, I have a 3DS XL because there was something I had hoped would never happen with a Nintendo console, but I'm starting to see happening with my 3DS, is that the the analog stick... You know when you you know when you would buy cheap, like, Mad Cat's accessories, and you go like, oh, that's nice, and then you put it in a drawer for 10 years, and then you pull it Don't out again... Don't flag Mad go, Cat's off. You just, just put all the blame on one... <laughs> I have, um, but I mean, you know... It, okay, right, I'll be more fair... Remember when you like your mum bought you that Logic third Three third party controller? Logic Three is you know... fine. You can slag off Logic Three. I can't read them okay. even about are they anymore? Are they? I don't know. I have no idea. Anyway, the point being, you know that kind of like nasty, sticky feel you get on rubber after a certain amount of time. Yeah, I know. So those uh, rubber trousers that I often wear. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, we're not going to talk about your your private life, but still, um, it's my my three DS's uh, analog stick has got that like stickiness to it. And this is a XL. 
This is an XL, yeah. This, I mean, admittedly a launch XL from whenever that was. Mm. 2010, it says in the back, 2011 patent. Yeah, it, it's not good. It doesn't really fill me with hope for the future of my 3DS, if I'm honest. And maybe I will pick up a new 3DS XL if I ever see one now. Because I'm, I have one. Mm, I would swear by that. Yeah. I hope I hope they fix the rubber issue because this... My, my, rubber, my rubber is fine, Matthew, okay, on my good. new 3DS XL. <laughs> doesn't feel good in the hand, but then again, maybe it's the obscene amount of Animal Crossing I played. It's just worn down that stick. Who knows? Yes, yeah, it's caressing that nub. Exactly. <laughs> Stroking it fondly as I work for the nub. Th- thumbing um, it. Anyway, yeah. we're getting off tangent. Pokemon Black and White Tom Parry came out in Japan in September 18th, 2010, making yeah. their way to Europe in March 4th, 2019. What? I did 19? not play this game. Uh, 2011, sorry. Ha ha! Where did that come I from, just, Matthew? I was just checking if you're listening, Tom. <laughs> Whistles. Uh, anyways, I, I bought this game... Um, actually, when we moved to Denmark, um, because a couple of folks here had been playing it. Um, I Originally, I wanted Pokemon Black, um, but unfortunately, when I was looking for it, which was, I guess, about a year later, I would say, like, judging on the time in that, we moved to Denmark in 2012, so it would have probably been about a year later I was looking for a copy. I couldn't find anyone, um, and it was only actually on a trip to Colling, uh, where we went one day, they happened to have one copy of Pokemon White uh, that I had and to you ask had to for. have it. Yeah. So I bought that. Um, I played a fair bit of this game. I had thought I had played more to this game, and I was quite surprised when I opened it up this morning that I had only apparently got four gym badges. I did have like 20 hours into the game, and my Pokemon are quite high level for where i am shocking but um yeah i don't know i i I never beat it apparently i guess that is probably to say that by the time i find a copy that our friends who were playing it had probably fallen off well i've been playing it because i'm having a look at what's on my save file now eight badges 75 hours yeah so i finished uh, black and white yeah. I know you did, but like, I mean, you need to tell the story about your time in games retail and like sifting off Pokemon on the site and why you're. Well, that was mostly during my um, so Heart Gold Soul Silver time. That was where right. I decided I was going to uh, fill up my Pokédex as much as as much as possible. So um, I'll tell you the story now. Of course, I used to work in games retail. Uh, Pokemon games got traded in often, put up there in the stock room, and on my lunch breaks, I would use two DSs. Of course, there's plenty of DSs around in a, in a game store. Use a second-hand DS and trade uh, Pokemon over from these traded in cartridges to my copy of Pokemon Soul Silver. Um, it was like a, like a kid in a candy shop, opening up some of the cartridges and finding these rare Pokemon. And like, oh, there's yeah. a shiny. I'll have that. Look at that legendary. Uh, Go on, take him too. I mean, I would have thought most people who pick up a second-hand Pokemon game will probably start it afresh. Yes. So I didn't see it as a particularly bad thing to be uh, pillaging these Pokemon, siphoning them off the um, <laughs> <laughs> old cartridges onto mine. Uh, so if you did uh, purchase a, a second-hand copy of any Pokemon game from Game in Crew, uh, R.I.P., um, actually, is it? Does it still exist? There is. I have no there. idea. 
You're the one living in the UK. You should blinking know. Oh, there is, but it's inside Sports Direct now. That, that's what. What? Yeah. So, Sports Direct become an all-consuming entity. In well, my Sports time Direct in the UK. owns Game. Yeah. So really, um, I didn't yeah. know that. That's interesting. Yeah. So, wow. Um, they've shut down a lot of the stores and just put them inside Sports Directs. It's the same wow. in Southport. It's the same probably in a lot of places. That's really interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. Man, but they go, gone Pokemon are the days of, like, <laughs> games being in Hamleys. Now they're in fucking Sports Direct. How far we've we fallen. Yeah, yeah, but of I... course, I wasn't doing that when I was playing Pokemon uh, Black and White because I was in Denmark at this point and no longer working at game. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I, what do you think about it? I remember there being some stuff in this game, as I mentioned, uh, and I will correct myself too, Pokemon um, Pearl and Diamond actually introduced a five times of day mechanic. Mm. So instead of just morning, afternoon, and evening, they introduced like early morning and midnight. Obviously, didn't leave then much in... of an impression on me. No, <laughs> clearly, I, I mean, I didn't that. even notice to be honest with you. Um, but the in black and white, they did introduce seasons, as is mm. the case with dealing, because there are there are four different evolutions of dealing that they have in this game, which is a little deer Pokemon that evolves into a stag. And uh, you can catch it in different seasons and it looks different. Obviously, the spring one is bright and flowery and looks like Sakura blossoms. And then the the summer one is quite, like, tropical-looking with, like, fruit and things on it, from what I remember. And, yeah, it's generally... It's quite a cool concept. I liked it. Um, but you could only catch certain Pokemon in certain seasons. Mm-hmm. Which was, you know... A bit of a a bit of a weird thing to kind of walk into afresh and not really know about and go like, oh, why this internet yeah, guide on Yeah, it Game was the start of says, complicating yeah. maybe a little bit too much how you could catch some of these Pokemon. Yeah, yeah, it's just like Game Facts would be like, oh, there's sand shoes in this area. I'm like, where are the bloody sand shoes? I want a sand slash. And then you, I would go around and I would run around for ages. Like, God, they must be really rare. They must be like Pikachu's in Viridian Forest. Where the hell? Are these blinking sand shoes? And I was like, oh, I can't get one because they're not going to be there for another three months. Okay, I guess I'll move on with my life, uh, which mm. I did. It did introduce something a bit more meaty in the form of the triple battles and rotation battles in black yes. and white. So actually, new new uh, Pokemon battling gameplay is always welcome. Uh, it changes up things a little bit. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that. I, I do think that there was some very cool changes in that game i I also kind of like some of the new pokemon they introduced in that game i do and you know even if you look at the wikipedia article for pokemon black and white it does point out that uh, some critics were critical of course that's their job of the new pokemon uh released in um black and white yeah. um now i don't understand this i never have done i actually like uh the sort of darker tone of black and white um yeah some of the Pokemon uh, I'm thinking of, particularly uh, Carthagoras. Carthagoras is the um, oh Egyptian-looking uh, casket Pokemon. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Garbodor. <laughs> I think oh, you know that the the criticism was really leveled at Pokemon like um, the ice cream one, vanilla ice yeah. uh, evolutions, uh, but the es. I- Escalvia was really cool Pokemon, like a knight. Yeah, and I think you got into that 
idea of Pokemon looking more like objects in black and white, which I don't think people yes. like. They didn't like Clang looking like a cog. But then again, Magnemite was a magnet anyway. Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, Voltorb was literally a freaking Pokeball. <laughs> which, if you think about it, doesn't actually make sense. But <laughs> Yeah, but I think that people didn't like the, the physical um, act, um, additions that some of the Pokemon had that... And, but then, if you go back, Machoke had a little um, belt and some underwear. But I think the underwear was his body. But yeah, yeah. it's That's, beside the point. Yeah. Sork wears a uh, uh, a karate gi, so does yeah, throw. Uh, maybe these yeah. are some of the things that people um, took well, a no, dislike I'm, to. I mean, I remember. You know, this was this was me really like kind of getting back into video games again, starting to listen to podcasts like Giant Bomb and all of this yeah. other stuff again after a, a little leave of absence from that. And yeah, I, I Trabish was the main one. Trabish was the real like focus of all of this animosity of people going. Really, they they made. Uh, a rubbish bag. Look, there's literally a trash Pokemon now. What are they doing? What are they thinking? I mean, it was the same with the the key Pokemon, but that's the next gen, right? That's um, was that Kalos, um, Kling, I, I or whatever it's called. I can't quite recall that one. There's loads of po- good Pokemon. This so uh, Sandile, uh, Crocorock, Crocodile, um, yeah, Silphgif, Seagullgif, Seagullglyph. God, yeah. I can't pronounce some of these. Scrafty. Uh, Archeops. The names are a little difficult to say, but uh, yeah, the designs I think were. To be fair, I also good. like um, Caracosta, the 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 like armored-looking turtle who looks like he's a SWAT turtle. Yeah, who looks that's very a, serious. That's a cool one. I like Hydragon, the I mean, three-head Hydra Dragon. Yeah, it grows from one one head to two heads to three heads. I thought that was pretty cool. I thought got, I think Bravery is a cool bird Pokemon as well. Like mm. there's not there's not that many good looking birds. I would argue <laughs> good looking within birds. the entire franchise. <laughs> oh, good looking birds! Oh, your wife mate, does she go? Sorry. Um, th- no, there's not that many good looking bird Pokemon. Um, I I liked Pidgeot. Uh, I mean, I like the legendary birds, obviously, but I've always thought like Firo isn't really that great looking, even like Talaflame and stuff. I mm. I thought Bravery is like an eagle was pretty cool with his little Gundam headpiece yeah. and everything. I like else. E- Extra Drill, the uh, mole and steel, ground steel Pokemon. Yeah, yeah he was cool. cool. Zoroark, he was a dark type Pokemon. It was like a wolf with long purple hair. Oh yeah, I forgot about him. Yeah, uh, Galvantula, the electric spider. Pokemon, I yeah I really like Joltik as well the the unevolved form. Joltik, that, yeah, the unevolved really form. I right. think a very strong uh, generation of Pokemon. I I would agree with you. However, this is a generation of Pokemon that I don't really like the legendaries of either. Um, the reason, to be honest, like even though I wanted Pokemon Black because of some of the Pokemon's in that. Some of the Pokemon exclusive to that version of the game were generally like Gen 1, Gen 2 Pokemon that I liked. Right. I've always thought that um, Risharam looks weird, especially the fact that its tail is kind of like a rocket engine. I've always thought that Zekrom, the, the black uh, dragon with a weird like pointy yeah. tail, looked cooler. But, uh, I, I thought mean, the opposite, the opposite way. Uh, I like really? Risharam. Uh, Zekrom's yeah. tail looks like a drill, the black one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I I, I actually like these uh, legendaries. I'm going to have to disagree with you there. I like Karu Rem as well uh, from uh, whatever that sequel was to it, Black and White Two. <laughs> I was just looking actually. Those aren't in our Karu Rem is, but like looking at the front covers of Black and White, Black and White Two. Were there it, like weird mega evolution prototype things of Zekrom and um, Rexham? Uh, I feel is... that there's different versions of Karurem, isn't there? Kiurem. I don't know. I, I can't remember. Oh, uh, yeah, you one. are right. I can see in my Pokedex in Pokemon Go it says Kiurem and then it says white Kiurem and black Kiurem. So... Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, no, I like Legendaries here in this one. Uh, not so keen I... on the mythicals, Genesect, uh, Meloetta, and Caldeo, Caldeo. I just think the dogs look lazy, and I don't really like the uh, the like the weird like Kame looking riding a riding a cloud things. I don't even know what you would call them. Oh, like... Tornadus, Thunderous, and Landorus. Yeah, I just think they always look lazy, and like at the moment, well, they all they're go, so similar to each other. They've got. They've got the forms that have legs, and they look even like they look better than the cloud ones for me. But I mean, they're still not great. Yeah, no, they're not. They're not some of my favourite. But the actual ones on the front of the boxes, I like uh, Reshiram and and Zekrom. Yeah. Uh, a, a point to make here is what I found refreshing about this entry was I think to to do the Pokedex. The Pokedex was entirely new here. Uh, they didn't yeah. repeat Pokemon from other generations in the uh, Pokedex for what? What's the region called? Unova. Unova? Yes. Yeah, I like that about it. It felt like a, a new start for Pokemon. A clean break. Yeah. A clean break, absolutely. And the game itself um, was a lot of fun. It had the, the storyline concerning N, I think the character yeah. was. Yeah, uh, yeah. And it actually got quite into storytelling, and I remember the ending of the game being very epic, actually. Uh, there were quite a lot of cutscenes, making real good use of the new um, 3D graphics. Of course, the previous game, Diamond and Pearl, was 3D, but not in the same way that Black and White did. I remember when you go into like a big city in Black and White, it felt more like a, a big city. Yeah. It, and they used some different weird. angles and such. Because like, it, it's definitely, obviously, like it's a polygonal 3D game, but it feels yeah. like, well, I mean, I guess that's probably why. I was going to say it feels like a SNES game, but that's a bit of a disservice. It feels to me, Tom Harry, like a lot of early classic PlayStation 1 RPGs, which is very, very cool. I mean, it's kind of got that depth of like a Child of Mana or a, a Chrono Cross or even a Final Fantasy VII to it, which is definitely not the case with Diamond and Pearl. They were just like 3D versions of old Pokemon. It may as well have been sprites. But yeah. that kind of like PS1 feel to it and like them being quite dynamic sometimes with how you would go into like a scene and there being depth to the world that previously hadn't been there I thought was quite cool. Some of the also some of the effects. I remember going through like there's a desert area where you can catch um yeah. the uh, for for alligator, not for alligator, Sandile, uh, the first form of crocodile. Yeah, um, Yamask and, as well. Yeah, yeah, and like the like the wind blowing over the top and stuff, and it feeling like oh wow, actually they're trying to do something new with Pokemon here. I really like this game. I don't Absolutely. know why I didn't finish it. Honestly, I guess I was just playing too much. You know, wasting time playing uh, Warhammer 40k Space Marines and butting <laughs> my head into the controller. I guess, but I think Game Freak probably looked at Diamond. And thought, well, this wouldn't wasn't as much of a step forward as it 
possibly should have been. Yeah. Maybe, you know, and then they really put a lot into black and white. And I think it really shows it's a, it's a better game all around. And it left definitely more of an impression on me. Yeah, I would agree. Um, I actually have a picture of my team uh, taking a leaf yeah. out of your book. Um, yeah. I had a Gothita. I had a Crocodile. I had a Gigalith. I had, um, oh, what's the evolved Lillipup? Uh, ooh, um, the Scotty Dog. Can't think of top of my head. Yeah, that, that, that. Oh, Stoutland. Stoutland, yeah. Um, yeah. I had a, a, a Turtoga, which is the unevolved version of the Pokemon I just mentioned. And um, the, the middle evolution of... Uh, the second form of T-Pig that I can't remember the name of, which clearly means I started with T-Pig. Ah, well, I also started with... Uh, I think it's Tepig, like Tepid. Yeah. Oh, you know. that would make sense. Why would you They're want all... a Tepid Pokemon, though? What a rubbish name. Well, that second Pokemon's called Pig Knight. I think that's one of the greatest Pokemon pun names ever. Yeah, to be fair, I, it's because I called man Piggy, apparently. Um, and so Piggy is obviously his name. <laughs> uh, I also, my dog is also called Pape, which is why I couldn't tell you his name either. I don't that, know. That, that's marvellous. The only one I actually named was Dennis, who is a, a Mushana. Now, Mushana involves from Muna. Yeah. A Muna is the psychic little uh, fetus. Weird, Pokemon. like, pink elephanty looking thing. I. Yeah. Mashana is a fetus, I think, which I think sure. is marvelous. It has an umbilical I'm not sure cord. If it's a f- Does it? It's... Hang on, I'm, I need to look at this Pokemon again. <laughs> I've never read it that way, but you might be right. And I think this is another Pokemon that people slagged off at the oh, time. Oh, because... you are. I mean, I I always assumed it was some kind of like weird dream elephant. But yeah, you're probably yeah. right. It looks like a fetus. <laughs> I, I, I've never really seen that. Thank you for putting that into my head. I'll never be able to unsee it. Cool. There was um, wonderful creativity in this uh, generation of Pokemon. I, th- I, th- I think they were kind of allowed to do whatever the hell they wanted, right? Like, I mean, Gigalith is literally like a cliff face with diamondy bits coming out of him. It's kind of cool. I love Timbor, the veiny um, creature uh, with the log, and Gerda, the veiny creature with the Gerda, evolving into Conkledor. The other veiny creature with two massive uh, pillars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's it's a weird and wonderful generation of Pokemon. I, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, they just, they're only now getting to the end of this gen in Pokemon Go. They literally introduced Frillish uh, a week or two ago. Uh, it's just some strange Pokemon, man. It's just weird things like Cubchoo. <laughs> And um, is evolved from uh, Bertic. Like, they're just, they're odd. They're really weird. Like, Heatmore and friggin' Durant. It's just like, I don't know. They were just throwing a lot of ideas out there, I think. And I, I think they're memorable. I think these are a lot more memorable than the previous gen. Yeah, I, I would say so too. Um, my team was Archie, the Archelops. Yeah. Archelops. Like it. Uh, Galvantula, uh, Kof. Farragus, Dennis the fetus, uh, Timothy the seismitoad, and Embor the Embor. Yeah. And yes, I completed this one. Yeah, they're all around level 75. And yeah, as I said before, I think it was like 75 hours playtime, Pokedex 325. 
never really something that I liked at the time. I thought that um, Pan Pansia was kind of cute, but I I do like the little monkeys as well. Um, I, oh, I've yeah. grown a great affinity from them from playing Pokemon Go, and they're they're regional exclusive Pokemon. So you can only catch Pansage in Asia. You can only catch Pansia in Europe, and Panpour is uh, exclusive to the American continent. And mm. I, I just, I just really like their designs. They just make me happy. I, I, the evolved forms feel a bit lazy, but I like the base, the base forms of them. I think Pansage, Pansier, and Pampor look nice. Yeah, they're, they're cheeky little chappies. Cheeky monkeys. Yeah. Um, and I, I mean, of course, we would be amiss without mentioning uh, P Dove, the, the literal pigeon Pokemon, because <laughs> he's. It's, it's testament to the quality of these Pokemon that we've spent uh, a lot of the time talking about. <laughs> yeah, I think I As think opposed so. to talking about the next release, which was Black and White 2, which was actually a sequel, the first direct sequel. Yes. And to that actually game. came out the year later. So 2012 worldwide release on that one. Which is, to be fair, like in hindsight, probably why I couldn't find a copy of Black and White 1 and 2. Because they probably were like, well, we'll hold off and then we'll sell more copies of Black and White 2. I don't know. But I, I, I couldn't... I never I never owned a copy of this either. I didn't get it because I was like, well, I kind of liked Black and White, but I, and I clearly didn't finish them, so I clearly didn't think that highly of it. So I did get uh, White 2. Yeah, I remember. But didn't get particularly far in White 2. My team consisted of a Sandile, an Elikid, uh, Dewat, I think the second yeah. uh, evolution of Oshawott, uh, Lucario, a Growlithe, and a Tranquil. So yeah. that was evolved um, Pedov, that one. Evolved into yeah. Unpheasant, which is another great Pokemon pun name. But you wouldn't want to call yes, your Pokemon is. Unpleasant now, would you? Nope. Um but yeah, this was uh, more of the same, really, from what I can remember of it. Just uh, more of the same black and white goodness, but in, uh, wrapped up in a, in the sequel. Could you do a... Um, w- was there like a Golden Sun thing to this game? Because obviously never playing it, I've never explored this. Like How when you, you beat mean? Golden Sun 1, they gave you a code at the end of the game that when you bought Golden Sun 2 you could enter and start with your party at the same level and stuff. Was there any opportunity for you? Just Did you start at a higher level? Was there No, I don't think so. I don't think so. But you are entering the world um, in a future version of the same world you explored in black and white. Ah, gotcha. So, you so trainers, yeah. uh, gym leaders and such have grown up. They're the right. same characters, but they're of different age. I'm pretty sure that oh, that's was... cool. Yeah, so that that was really nice, actually. Yeah, it's set that's two years, easy. so it's not a set a heck of a lot of time in the future, but two years after the events of Black and White. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I. I don't know. I. I. I can't say a lot about this game, Tom. So you're gonna have to really chip in with your memories, otherwise we're gonna have to move on. Cause... well, it was definitely one I played uh, after the fact. I remember picking it up for relatively cheap. They were selling them off. Uh, I've got quite lucky, I think, with that. And it wasn't that long ago I started playing it, so I really can't say too much about it. Otherwise, it wasn't um, a lot different from the original Black and White, I don't think. But yeah. it was a good game in its own right from what I played. So, Yeah, fair enough. Um, 
So, yeah, that, that marks the end of the chapter on the DS. After that, we go into the 3DS, uh, as we previously mentioned. I have to be honest here, Tom. This is a ridiculous thing to say out loud, but I, I went upstairs, I got my copies of Pokemon, and I, I sifted through them. I was like, right, okay, which, which was my version of X, which is the one, the version of Y I picked up in the charity shop, like, checking and whatever. Um... I had completely forgotten that this generation actually got a whopping four Pokemon games. I had only remembered the two. I had honestly completely forgotten Sun and Moon, which is a shame because I really enjoyed those oh, games. Oh, Sun and Moon, some of my very favourites. X and Y were also very good, and I did. Yes, it was a time when we knew other people who were playing Pokemon as well, and there was yes. a lot of people at that time playing pokemon and that really yes. made that generation quite exciting it did um i this for me honestly like i know we've mentioned it that ds had online play but like for me this is where i actually started yeah. doing that i remember me and yeah. you battling a good friend austin uh, and others because there were generally quite a few people around playing pokemon at that time and it seemed like a very fun thing to do mm. I quite like these games. I got X, as I mentioned. Uh, this is the first time, however, in, a, in the entire Pokemon generation of games that I started not with a fire type. I actually mm -hmm. started with Froakie um, and had a Greninja. Um, and looking at my squad, I did put a, a huge amount of hours. I think I played this game for like 80 hours or something. Um, mm -hmm. Which, again, is a testament to, I think, how much we were playing it with friends and how much we were playing it online and everything. Uh, my squad uh, at the end where I stopped was a level 80 Greninja, a level 73 Charizard, a level 74 Tyranitar, a level 73 Talonflame, and then I assume that I have a Swanner and a Sandslash that are like level 40-something. A, because I probably didn't use them too much, but if I remember correctly, this was the first game to have the XP sharing between your entire party, right? So you weren't really... Like, I know like XP... I don't know if that was forced, but games. that was... That was an option, wasn't it? I think it was standard for this game. Was it? Because experience share has always been a thing, but you can choose whether or not you use it. Yeah. Uh, I think it was sort of like experience share, but it worked better. I can't yeah, I think quite so. recall, actually. Uh, I just remember the bigger thing about this was the Pokemon were 3D. They yes. were rendered in 3D, and uh, graphically this was a massive uh, step up for the series. And, and battles actually felt like battles, not just two images like throwing moves at each other, which has been the case for a long time in the series. Yeah, and when there's a wrong. certain charm to this, this was an exciting time uh, for Pokemon. Uh, I started with Fennekin, the fox Pokemon, who yeah. eventually evolves into Delphox, the wiz like the wizard, the witch wizard type, uh, yeah, psychic fox, fire fox character. Well, it's because the the thing was with this gen, right, is that the starters are based, they're supposed to be based on, like, uh, RPG things, right? And that um, Chespin evolves into a Chestnut, which is supposed to be, like, a Barbarian, as you've mentioned. Fennekin ah. evolves into Delphox, which is supposed to be a Mage. And then you've yeah. got Froakie that becomes, like, Greninja, which is obviously a ninja, but it's meant to be, like, a rogue. And that's the ah, idea okay. of like three different oh, like JRPG archetypes with the evolution. I didn't know that. I, yeah. I think that they're they're a cool bunch and very different from one another. 
I think their final evolutions are quite striking, uh, yeah. particularly. I think Chestnut's a bit weak, but I, I do think that An they armored are armoured Chestnut. Yeah, I, I, I think that they're perhaps... They're definitely stronger than the previous generation starters for me. I would, I would argue, perhaps, just scrolling back through my Pokemon Go Pokedex, perhaps even the strongest starters since Gold and Silver, in my eyes. I do like those three starters. They, they are very good, yeah. I'll, I'll give them that, for sure. Um, yeah, I, I, I had a lot of time to play X and Y. Obviously, uh, I had a lot of fun with it, too. I can't really remember that much about the story with this game because I think in my head it's kind of blurred a bit with Sun and Moon which definitely had a very full on story with all the the weird other Pokemon but like what do you remember about this game because I, I don't think I ever got uh, Xavius or whatever the hell the, the legendary green Pokemon is called that I can't remember the name of the legendary green Pokemon yeah they, they're not not the X and Y, not the bird and the stag that are on the cover. Oh, gosh. It's called, like, Xavius or something like that, re- right? I can't quite recall based off the off the name. Uh, the it's Xerneas. like a weird, like, Xerneas, yeah, like a weird digital... Pokemon. I oh, sorry. Xerneas is the one on the front of the box, as is uh, Veltal. Uh, Zygarde is the digital Zygarde, yeah. type snake-ish Pokemon. Sorry, mate. I had to jog my memory there. No, um, no I don't recall getting that one. How I did complete the game. Uh, eight badges, 44 hours, 343 Pokemon on this particular one. And what was nice to think about this is it also introduced a lot of the old red and blue, the old classic from Gen 1. And yes. I think at one point you could even have one of the original starters in your team. You could, that's why uh, I have a Charizard. Yeah, I ended up with a Venusaur called John. Tuh. So my team was uh, Bar- Barbarical, which was like the Barnacle Pokemon, if you remember yeah. that one. And then I, I had uh, Delphox, John the Venusaur, uh, Double Blade, Dublade. Yeah. The, the sword Pokemon, the final evolution of that Pokemon, and then Pidgeot and a Bearactic. Bearactic. Which yeah. is a which is an icy bear Pokemon. Yeah, that's from the last gen though. Oh right, well, I had these in my team. Even if I can't remember which gen they were from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, a nice uh, selection, and they're actually broken up in different regions of Pokedexes. It was the central yeah. Kalos region, coastal, um, Mountain, mountain, right? Yeah. And then Tidal something or other, from what I remember. Mountain, Coastal, and... Yeah, there were just three. Central. Yeah. Yeah. I Yeah, I, I'm trying to just quickly find a list because of the way the Pokedex is structured. It's very hard online to find just essentially like the list of okay these are the new pokemon from this game because obviously it was a very mixed one yeah yeah it's a very unlike black and white which was uh the fresh start Mm -hmm. the the mega evolutions were introduced here yes what what's your opinion on mega evolutions Matt? i am not a big fan of mega evolutions if i'm honest i i think I mean, the re- the reason I ended up getting the version I did of the game is because I thought the Charizard in 
the version that I got looked cooler, like the Charizard oh, yeah, was... in X. The blue, like blue and black flaming dragon, looked really cool. I thought the the regular one in Y. It's just kind of like a more streamlined, more dragony looking pink uh, more orange spikes. Charizard was okay. Yeah, I don't know. It didn't really do it for me. I I I think Mega Revolutions is a weird thing. I think that. I understand that they were looking to do some more things and like, okay, how can you make evolving a Pokemon more special? And this idea you can only mega evolve once in a battle was kind of interesting from a trainer perspective. But I don't think it really did anything to the game. I And I don't even think really Nintendo really knew, well, Game Freak, sorry, knew what to do with it. Because it's just not really something... It was in Sun and Moon, right? And then there's another system in Sword and Shield. Am I? Oh, the Gigantamax. Yeah, Gigantamax. Like, I don't know. I, I, I think in trying to create some new form or some new evolution beyond the ones that are currently there, it just doesn't. It doesn't need to be there for me. Like, well, it's kind of the idea of every new game they want to add something new. And actually, at the time, I was quite fond of Mega Mega Evolution. I think it served its purpose as being a new shiny thing to uh, enjoy and to see um, a fourth stage of some of those classic starters, for instance, was was quite exciting. I I quite like those uh, Mega Evolutions. I don't, I don't know, man. Like some of them for me, like Gyarados, just look needless. Like it's like cool. Let let's take this thing that was like an amazing, like uh, Asian style dragon sea serpent thing well, and make it look more like a fish. It's like why did w- you do that? I was okay with it because they're not meant to replace the the final evolution. That they're, they're a temporary. Uh, fo- form change really yeah but make it look cooler like there's a way to make a dragon look cooler it's not making him look like the fish that was the that was the whole joke is that this useless fish turns into this amazing ferocious looking dragon like yeah well maybe that's one of the the worst ones but i think a lot of them were logical evolutions of their previous stages for example uh, the mega venusaur more more flowers more leaves uh, flower on the head uh Blastoise had a third cannon. I mean, yeah. I feel these ones stayed quite true to their original versions. Uh, the Mega Alakazam, more spoons, big beard. Uh, you had the Mega Gengar, which was kind of cool. Still prefer classic Gengar. Uh, yeah, see, there it is, Tom Parry, your favourite Pokemon. You're like, oh, I thought they made sense, except what they did to my favourite Pokemon. That. That's rubbish. But it, again, like it doesn't it. replace that Pokemon. And I don't think that Mega Gyarados looks that bad. Oh, I think he looks so dumb. I just. I, I really think um, like Mega, uh, what's he called? Aerodactyl's just like spikes all over the place. So that's not. Yeah. So like cool. Ampharos and his weird, like, mane. <laughs> like, I don't know, man. Like, I, never, I didn't really like Mega Evolutions. I think at this point, if you're not familiar with some of these. Uh, images already this might be quite a difficult thing to listen to <laughs> yeah let's, let's move on because you're not um, necessarily going to be able to yeah picture some of these yeah pokemon. i i i liked some of the general pokemon they introduced to you but i mean there, there aren't that many really new things are there like it was a very limited set of pokemon you had hone edge which is kind of adding to that weird 
thing of like, oh well, this is a sword Pokemon. This literally, yeah, I was fine with that. I like that uh, evolutionary chain. Kelfki is the one that I was talking about earlier. That is this generation as well, which is literally a set of keys, mm-hmm. which I always thought was a bit nah. Um, that said, though, I I do think that like um, uh, Pangoro, uh, the evolved thing of Pancham, the the very aggressive looking like fighting panda, is pretty cool. I do think that. Um, uh, Tyrantrum looks ace because it's a T-Rex. It's very hard to mess that up. Um, Horlucha, the, the like the luchador bird. I like Sylveon, as I mentioned, because I like all the evolutions. Um, I Yeah, I, I don't know. This It was strong, but it wasn't as in. far out as black and white. No, I, I, I would agree yeah. with you. I think black and white did a better job. But it's still, still a strong assortment, probably catering towards those fans who thought Black and White was a step too far, uh, that they sort of Maybe. toned it back a little bit in uh, X and Y. Maybe. But it was a very strong entry into the series and a great first Pokemon game for the 3DS. I do think improved in its sequel, Sun and Moon. Yes, I would agree with you. I I really liked Sun and Moon. I, I think yeah. Sun and Moon for me is... It kind of, it, my issue with Sun and Moon, right, is it it felt a bit too easy. And I think this is a trend that you will say continues in uh, Sword and Shield, which I haven't played. Okay, I, if you thought Sun and Moon was too easy, then you're not going to like, yeah. Uh, no, it's just, well, I haven't picked it up so Sword far, and Shield. to be honest with you, but we're getting ahead of ourselves. I... I thought the the storytelling focus here was quite interesting. It did feel like something new to get more JRPG into yeah. it. How did you feel about that, though? Because I know that's not what you like. Well, this was a revolution for me because it was the first time in a RPG I'd actually got into the characters and cared about the story. And, you know, you, I don't think it's it's probably not the best example of a character driven story. Um, oh, no, don't get me wrong. Like, it's it's a very it's a very child friendly Pokemon story. They do do some weird stuff with it that I was like, OK, fair enough. Fair. Going out on a limb. But also I cared back... about the family thing that was going on. Lily and her mother and that it was the first time Pokemon had really embraced its story in a in a in a way that affected me in the fact that I cared about the characters and I'd never really cared about characters in Pokemon. I think N in Pokemon Black and White was previously the most interesting thing. And X and Y did have that big tall guy who I can't remember the name of. I don't know if you remember that either. No, I can't remember. There was something to the story in X and Y, but really in um, Sun and Moon, I think that they was able to make the player feel more involved yeah, I, I and mean, actually care thing, what was going on around around him in that world. The thing with N and the guy in X and Y was more just around you having a rival, right? Like it, it's not that much different from Gary. It's just an antagonist who you were fighting against. Whereas, well, no, I think N was difficult, diff, different because N was more conflicted. Um, there was something deeper. If you play through Black and White to the very end. You, you'll yeah. see that that was probably one of the more interesting stories. Yeah, I I liked this game a lot though. I I spent a lot of time with it. I can't tell you how much because annoyingly, like I said, oh, I, I can. I, I, I had blurred 
I had blurred the idea of X and Y and Sun and Moon into my head because I think I played them so close together. Sun and Moon, but... 47 hours, 52 minutes. <laughs> Interesting. I I don't know. I, I like this game a lot. I, I thought some of the... What the hell are they called, Tom? The, the, the weird Pokemon from another dimension. Oh, yeah. They have, Ultra they beasts. have a name. Ultra Beasts were a bit yeah. weird and a bit quirky. And it could it you, introduced could you... um, a lot of new stuff, didn't it, this one? It did, yeah. I mean, for me, to go back to the conversation we were just pitching a morning that I didn't think that Mega Evolutions really added anything new, I think the way they handled classic Pokemon in this game by going, okay, actually, what we're going to do is create a Lolan variant of the Pokemon, something they've now continued to do. Hmm. was smart thing to do. I quite liked there being an alternate version of, like, say, Rattata and Meowth. And I, I thought some of the stuff they started to do with those Pokemon and going, like, oh, well, how... The the way, actually, like, evolution works, of just like, oh, well, this is the same species of Pokemon, but because this is an Arctic climate instead of a volcano, this is how a Vulpix looks now. I thought that was pretty clever, yeah. and I think... They managed to capture the same essence of those Pokemon, but in a new and interesting way. And I thought that was a really smart take on how to I, put a, a new spin on something old and classic. I agree. It was sort of better than the seasonal variants of Pokemon we've seen previously as well. Yeah. Uh, I I, th- I think uh, this was a very strong entry. Also, I, I think part of that's down to the setting too. I think this tropical setting was particularly appealing. I also thought the way the camera was placed in the world and how it, this was more of a 3D game than Pokemon ever had been previously. Uh, this yeah. re- I, your character wasn't a, a squat version. Um, he was, or he or she, was a regular-sized character within a world which was all very consistent. Yeah, it it, it felt... Like a world you you could actually experience, whereas like Pokemon is kind of the world. Ado- the world was there, obviously. There was clearly like, oh, there are bigger things in this world with like Team Rocket and all this kind of stuff. But it, I don't think they had managed to achieve a world that felt real before. Like even mm. with even with the stuff we were saying about black and white and like the depth those games introduced and everything else, I still felt like I was just going through the motions of a Pokemon game that just looked more impressive. I think this time there was a, a feeling that beyond you and your adventure that there was actually a world here and like things were happening in it. Perhaps because of it, how the story was told. But Yeah, it's the most Pokemon's ever felt like an RPG. Yes, I would agree. And for, I'm so surprised that uh, I liked it as much as I did. But my problem with RPGs in general is they always feel linear and it doesn't feel like yeah. i feel like everyone's pretty much playing the same game when they play final Fantasy 7 everyone's pretty much playing the same thing uh i know there's more to it than that but in pokemon the level of customizability there's always been makes your adventure feel very much your own yes um and that's uh that's what i miss out from other rpgs and that is why i play pokemon as opposed to other things because I can make it more my own and have uh, more of an impact on the world and the Pokemon I choose. I, an interesting question to you then. Did you feel that you actually had that in this game? Because I think I beat the story and I think I might have put the game down. 
Uh, I did continue playing it. There's extra stuff after the main story uh, involving capturing Ultra Beasts. And I continue yeah. to play it. I never did all the extra stuff at the end, I don't think. But I did continue to play it, and it did give you something to do, which when we get to um, Sword and Shield, there isn't that much to do. Uh, no. But this had it all included and didn't force you to buy an add-on to continue playing the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it was um, well, the best the... recent Pokemon game, I would say. Yeah, okay. Right, we can talk about this generation still, but did you actually purchase Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon? Yeah, later down the line when it was going cheap. Because I would argue, Tom Parry, that that's also the same as DLC. (laughs) Perhaps even less favourable to you by just releasing a second version of that game. Yeah, I I don't think I've started it uh, at all. I got this for the equivalent of like five quid. This was like no-brainer purchase because it costs yeah. next to nothing. Uh, so brand new copy. They were selling, the, I think it's BR in Denmark when I was over there working freelance. Um, I just had to pick it up. But I, I don't yeah. think I've ever played it. Even as much as I liked uh, Sun and Moon. Yeah, Yeah. I, I mean, to be fair, though, by that point, I think you would have probably played Let's Go, Eevee or Pikachu, whichever one of those you ended up picking yep. up. Like, yeah, Let's you, Go Pikachu, that, yeah. If that was in that window that you're talking about, this would have been a couple of years after the game came out, so I'm not surprised you didn't want to go back and play a 3DS game when we were in the throes of the Switch. I don't think at the time I really knew what Ultra Sun and Moon was. No, and I, I think that is the the kind of the, the pitfall of Pokemon sequels, right? Like, hmm. is that to do a sequel to a game like Black and White 2 and like um, Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon, you need to have a real investment in that story in a way that I, I don't think a lot of people did unless you're kids who are really into it or you're playing competitively. You're a different character in Ultra Sun and Moon. Really? Yeah, you don't continue, you know, you see the same... Um, people like how remember that your, your friend yeah, yeah. in sun and moon uh yeah, yeah those cat. it's a little like um black and white too you know familiar characters in the last one appear but you aren't the same person like you aren't in black and white too i don't think yeah yeah you're just in the same world yeah but i i mean i i guess theoretically that's a better proposition right at least it's a new story and new things to see and do Rather than like Crystal, which is essentially the same game, but just with one or two different Pokemon and a few little other bits and mobs. I know there's a Sakreen story in that as well, but like it is fundamentally the same game. Yeah, I I don't know. I think that Ultra Sun and Moon, just reading a little bit about it, does sound very similar. Yeah, (laughs) to to Sun and Moon in terms of its story. I mean, Nebby's still involved. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I wanted to uh, give it the benefit of the doubt, but if that's the case, that's the case. What's I think you, it's the you... same story. Yeah, really. From what I'm reading, yeah. Interesting. Is but yes, those who know differently, let do let us know because we've not actually played Ultra Sun and Moon, so we can't really talk about it. Say in too much about it here today. No. I, what was your favorite Pokemon in this gen? By the way, before we we get off, like, what did you start with? Also. Ah, yes. Good. Good. Question, Matthew. Uh, I started with the little owl, uh, Rowlet, 
Um, yeah. I called him Roland, and he um, evolved into the uh, uh, what's he called? I called him Roland, so I don't remember his original name. Uh, Desu, Desidui. Yes, I... yes, the uh, archery owl. Yeah, I I think he is the cooler of those evolutions. I I started with Litten uh, and had Incineroar, but I never really liked the design of Incineroar. Yeah, it's interesting you got these sort of dual um, type Pokemon here, which aren't always the best because they do have more weaknesses. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, I'd prefer to have, like, a straight-up fire Pokemon rather than fire and dark like Incineroar was, but, hey, it's fine. Yeah, um, yeah I, other notable Pokemon for you from this gen? Yeah, um, um, my team, um, to continue, was uh, Magnezone, uh, Crabominable, uh, Torkoal... Orangaroo and Lycanroc. And I would say yeah. I find all those Pokemon quite appealing. Magnezone, maybe not. I don't know why I've got that in my team, but must have done quite well for me. Uh, but visually appealing, the the rest of them I, I rather rather like. I like Toucanan, who just looks like a toucan. Uh, yeah, no, I know. It looks like the Guinness toucan. That's why I kind of like it. Um, yeah, yeah. Vicavolt's quite cool. Um, I think the Alolan, Alolan Persian is hilarious. But not yeah, great. <laughs> I kind of like the uh, multicolored muck, uh, the Alolan muck. Um, <laughs> I like the Dugtrio with hair. I think there's a lot of comedy value in this particular generation of Pokemon. Yeah, for sure. It I like how Lycanroc a... was gone. Sorry. I was going to say it's quite a, like a serious story, but it's very light-hearted. The game itself, I guess, to keep it like in balance. Yeah, yeah, I, I think it's uh, balanced very well, this particular game. There were some cool Pokemon. I don't think, again, it was the best generation for new Pokemon. There was a lot of old ones in there, in the Pokedex. Yeah, sure. I don't think there were as many new ones as there had been previously. And I'm, uh, and but honest, I really like Gosleopod, some... by the way. Gosleopod was one I really wanted in my team, but it was so hard to catch a Wimpod. They're yeah. those little, um, they're like silverfish. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, no, they they hide, and it's hard to get them. But Gosliopod, I think Guzma Guzma has uh, the Gosliopod in the story. I I liked um, Drampa. Is it the weird looking like dragony sea thing, like the normal dragon? Uh, just trying to remember that one. It kind of looks a bit like a Loch Ness monster. It's got a weird neck. Okay, when I yeah, find I mean, it, I'll. Uh... Yeah, it's fine. Um, I thought I thought it was kind of cool. I like um, uh, Mimikyu as well, like the fake Pikachu. Yep. I thought it was kind of nifty. Um, Milotic, I know which one you mean. The Voltron Feebas. Yeah. yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Overall, I th I think there's some okay Pokemon. I don't think they're the strongest. Like I said, I like the. Them taking a, a spin on the classic Pokemon and doing some, some fun things with that. Yeah, yeah. it was oh. like tropical Pokemon, mostly, uh, the new yeah. ones. And I was all right with that. I, I liked them, the designs. Even the Sandcastle Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, I, I just I was looking through a list of stuff and I was just like, I don't remember uh, Delmise, which is like a, a weird like cross between like ship parts so it's clearly like an anchor with a steering wheel behind it with a an eye that looks like a compass it's really odd but like i i can't that remember seeing for that gen was that new for that gen i can't 
Yeah, it seems that way. Seventh gen, okay. yeah, Sea Creeper Pokemon. Yeah, I've, I've mm. never seen this before, and I played through that game, so that's interesting. I'll probably there was the uh, Type Null as well. That was an interesting Type Null uh, edition. Type kind of cool, which is a yeah. weird Pokemon. But yeah, I don't like any of the Ultra Beasts. Um, I thought for the first time ever that the, the legendaries in a long time are super strong. I like both of them, both the the bat yeah. and the lion that I've forgotten the name of. Well, they're very different from each other, which I think is uh, really good when it comes to legendaries. Yeah. Sol Gallo. Uh, Sol Galio. 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 Yeah. And then uh, Lunala, obviously, Sun yeah. Moon. Um, yeah, I, I like both of them. I think they're both pretty cool. I think some of the the Ultra Beasts are freaking weird, and obviously, like, Cosmog is kind of nice. And then You like, could argue that, that they wanted them to look particularly different from the rest of the Pokemon. Yeah, but they look dumb. <laughs> it's my <laughs> thing. Like, I just don't like any of the designs. They feel really weird. No, but they're meant to come from another world anyway, so I think I they, sir, know, they, they do come what... On. They were designed to do look really weird and alien, but yeah, the but problem like, is they're Buzzwall, not very appealing. Man. Yeah, Buzzwall yeah. is like one of the worst Pokemon Buzzwall. designs I've ever seen. <laughs> um, I can't even I can't even pronounce the electric one. Um, Zek, what is it? Uh, I don't know. Let me look. Zerkatry, like circuitry, like circuitry like... looks dumb. <laughs> like I just I don't know. I just don't like the Ultra ones. Anyways. Okay. Um, I like Guzzlord. <laughs> Yeah, right. I have 30 minutes left on this podcast recorder, and this is already over an hour. Tom Parry, tell us about Pokemon Sword and Shield. I, I've not played them. I, uh, are Sword they any and Shield, good? Uh, great first impressions of those games. I think it's got the best uh, UI that they've ever done in any Pokemon yeah. game. I liked how you could send your Pokemon off for jobs as well. Uh, the Pokemon that you've not even got on your team, you can get Pokemon out of your box and send them off to do little jobs and they kind of uh, get benefits from that. So you can make use of the Pokemon you're not actually using, which is yeah. also a, a neat uh, new addition. It's set in that uh, very British uh, world yes. and it introduces these uh, open areas for the first time in, in a Pokemon game, uh, which feel very kind of empty. <laughs> right and don't for me don't add a lot to the game i mean i guess it makes it feel bigger but as you go th they're only th the wild areas i think they're called yeah that's what they're called yeah and you don't progress the story there you just go around catching pokemon in in a fairly yeah, but it, it gives you like a chance to play with others online right it's, it's trying that's to make right, like that... an open world in a small environment and yeah. letting you like catch some harder to catch pokemon like i know mewtwo was being in there as a thing and gengar and this kind of stuff and that was i was never really into the raids and didn't do any raids on the game at all i like the idea of raids in pokemon because I've, yeah. I've done them in obviously the, the physical version of pokemon go but like it's never really been a thing for me no it's not something i really like so when introduced into pokemon mm, I wasn't I, on board with that. I just did, uh, it, I just don't know enough people playing it. And like when I no. knew that that was going to be a key feature, I was like, oh, I don't want to make Pokemon friends. I think, cause... Yeah, this this time, I didn't know so many people who were playing it. 
I no. mean, back in the Sun and Moon, I think that was, I still knew a few who were, but the story was so strong in that one. That was quite a good single player game to yeah. play. Whereas the story is nearly non existent in Sword and Shield. There is a story. Um, it's quite interesting the setup that your, I think your brother is a Pokemon champion or a friend. No, your friend's brother, I think. Yeah. He's, he's, he's the big champion. Uh, that's how it starts. And I think you're not necessarily setting out to be a Pokemon trainer. You just kind of stumble kind of into... I, I, I really don't know. There's something about energy. And there's like this guy who is using Pokemon to create energy. But it's all like a, he's a naughty man. But he appears to be like a really nice guy. Um, the story isn't particularly memorable. The, I never lost a single Pokemon battle in my playthrough. 20-hour playthrough. Wow. Uh, there was I mean, no challenge in the game, unfortunately. But, you know, the Pokemon were pretty good. The graphics were amazing. As I said, the UI is so streamlined and works so well. It's yeah. It just feels like a very shallow, kind of empty Pokemon game to me. Lacking in, in personality. That's a real shame because, like, I I love the look of that world when they showed it. Yeah. I love some of the Pokemon designs. I I was expecting like I was like, okay, Tom's gonna buy this game. I'll see what Tom thinks. If it's any good, I'll pick it up. And then mm. you to hear you talk about it on this very podcast and not be blown away by it. I was like, oh no, that's maybe not it's good. Pokemon uh, lethargy again. You know, maybe it's maybe. Uh, lethargy. Um. Maybe I've just like had enough of. But I played a lot of uh, Let's Go Pikachu, uh, and really enjoyed it. I like the changes made to that. That, you know, the gameplay was true to the original game, and yeah. there was some sort of challenge in it. There was also a lot of nostalgia. I didn't mind the new systems that were introduced for catching Pokemon, not actually having to battle them. Yeah, I thought that felt different but familiar, and was really fun. This one is, you know, undoubtedly a very uh, well-realised um, world. I mean, some of the environments are very cool. Uh, you go into like a, a fairy forest at one point and it feels very different. Right. Uh, but yeah, it was lacking in, in gameplay. And I think a lot of that gameplay is maybe coming from the raid stuff or really yeah. embracing catching Pokemon uh, in the wild areas. And I did genuinely feel at this point there were so many Pokemon and so many different complicated criteria to catching them all yeah. that the idea of ever catching all these Pokemon was way beyond me. That's so I true. just think the general direction of the game was off. It didn't feel yeah. like its own self-contained thing. Black and White did. Uh, Sun and Moon did. This feels like it wants to be big world but it's becomes generic because of that right it's yeah it's a little hard to to explain it was just really lacking for me unfortunately and it's not a game i feel like i'll I have any desire to revisit uh it didn't have an end game so if you wanted to no. continue um the store well continue the gameplay or experience new story elements then you had to buy the add-on packs which i didn't do yeah Okay. In this case. And I mean, like, 
I, I think if you were into it, like had this game bowling you over, I think you would have probably mm. done that. Yeah, that, definitely. I think if this is the first shame. person's first Pokemon game and they've never played Pokemon before, this will be yeah. really cool for them. Uh, but for someone who's played all of them, this doesn't, yeah, improve on them really no. in in a major That's way. A I wouldn't say adds things that I'm not that fond of. Yeah, but other people I mean, will even, be. So, I mean, even with Apple puns like a flapple, you you weren't you weren't in love with this game, and that makes me sad. Um, <laughs> it is set in Britain. I I do think that despite these flaws, it, there are some very strong Pokemon that this game introduces. I really like some of the designs. I like some of the the regional exclusives again. I think Mr. Rhyme is cool. I think yeah. to go back to your point, um, Runigus, the the alternate like weird evolution of the uh, what the hell is it called the the coffin Pokemon that you like from Sinnoh region. Oh, I don't think I've ever caught that one. Yeah, it, I think that's really cool. I, I like Surfetched. I, I love Farfetch, so it, finally having an evolution was cool. I mean, you must love um, Obstragoon, the, the Kiss-inspired evolution of Zigzagoon. Oh, yes, I have that in my team, yeah. I mean, Perserker, for me, is also Ace. I really like the version yeah. of Meowth. I like yeah, the, I have that as well. the really nice, like, unicorny spin on Ponytar and Rapidar. I love wheezing in a top hat and it being like essentially a a smokestack like someone grew up in a town that had a BP plant with a giant smokestack I was like yes this is exactly what I need in a Pokemon yeah I mean there's um, a Welsh flavour to parts of that game for sure I'm sure there is I'm sure there is and I'm sure I would love them the same way I did when you go to the, the fairy island in Ninokuni but I don't yeah, know I, a real... if, I have, if I ever see her I'll pick it up um, it's Pokemon industry. I mean, it feels like industrial, some of the areas in there. There's countryside yeah. and industrial areas. Um, I think, actually, though, it didn't feel like a, another world to me because it's so similar to our, you know, yeah, where, we're, yeah, where we the grew normality. up. Yeah. It's too normal. It's a bit too close for home. It's yeah, too baby. close. <laughs> That's Whereas funny. I love the idea of being on some sort of tropical uh, island. Yeah. I wonder but if people this, in Hawaii were like, "Oh God, I can't play this Pokemon game." What's this I, about? This I is imagine day to day life. I imagine so. Um, wow, this is a long podcast. It is. Um, let's wrap it up, Tom. But before yeah. we do that, so I would much... just like to briefly talk about the thing that kind of got me back interested in Pokemon a little bit. I know you've dropped off it, but I've played an obscene amount of Pokemon Go since that game came out, mm. and while I I don't love certain aspects of the monetization around Pokemon Go. I think the it being a geolocation game in which you can go out into the real world and catch Pokemon, and yes, theoretically also in AR, where you can see them in the environment, though for me that mm. bit has never really been the key draw. Mm. I have always loved that idea of being able to go to different places and catch different Pokemon and stuff. It kind of, as a kid and like thinking about like, oh man, I wish the world of Pokemon was real and this idea of being a trainer and going out and doing things. I love that game. I I think there is something like inherently evil in like 
the antic and their nefarious purposes of wanting geo tracking and all of the like the real bad side of that game but as as a promise and what it does i think pokemon go is very fun i like this first summer it was out and like me literally running around town trying to catch pokemon and sitting in a park that literally had hundreds of other people who were all doing the same thing and like mm. even the first day running around our our town in Vila, like trying to find certain Pokemon, and then like occasionally you'd see someone else who's doing the same, and you both stop, and you'd be like, "You playing Pokemon Go?" And you'd be like, "Yeah," and then you just yeah. run around. It was a revolution at the time. It was nothing quite like it. No, I mean, it. I, I hey, like laws were passed around this game. Yeah. Like it's a social phenomenon, the likes of which we'd never seen. And I mean. Uh, everyone and their mum was trying to then do like a geo location game uh, around things, and I mean, like, Atlantic even tried to do one around Harry Potter, and yeah. I mean, that, that it's not the same. It's not the core of Pokemon lends itself so well to something like this hmm. that it's just really, really cool. Um, they've introduced raids now to that, which is kind of fun. Um, so you, you can catch legendary Pokemon with a bigger group and like the coordination and like community around it seems to be quite fun. There's definitely people who yeah. are really hardcore, but there's also space for families and children and elderly people yeah. actually. I'm very I've surprised the amount of elderly sort of people. Community, um with uh, some of my work colleagues, uh, it was uh, tradition to go out at lunch, find yeah. the Pokemon raid, you know, down the street, let's all go out together and try and get this Pokemon. And that was really nice and they were part of an even bigger group who um, yeah. people would appear who I didn't uh, work with, who were just local, who were also yeah, involved yeah. in collecting these Pokemon. And I thought that was really good. I think it's a really positive thing. Yeah, But it, people it were definitely... really into it. And that was a scary yeah. bit. Some of the people were really into it. And I never felt I could be at that level. But, you know, you can take it as far or as, you know, as you, you like. I mean... Like I am, I'm still not level forty, and I've played the game since day one. I'm very close now, but they've just upped the level cap to fifty. But I, I know people who are. <laughs> I know people who are already level fifty, which is insanity. Like the fact that there are people who they just upped the level cap, but they've played so much in the last five years, they already had the XP. Is like, I played this game an awful lot the first year it came out. How are you? Did you just not do anything else for five years but play Pokemon Go? It's kind of, it is very scary to see kind of like the social engineering like yeah. addiction that this game creates and like the ability to play something like this anywhere you are. And, you know, almost the kind of gambling thing to it, right? Of like, oh, well, if I turn this on, maybe there'll be a Pokemon. It's like endlessly scrolling through Twitter, but like instead of actually experiencing real life, you're experiencing Pokemon. So there are definitely some nefarious things to it. That said, if you played in moderation like I do, I think it's pretty fun. Yeah, uh, I'm turning on for the first time, and I'm just surrounded by Pokemon I've already got, and uh, I guess I need to go out there <laughs> and find some. I mean, you, you should go out and do some exercise, Tom Parry. Not outside of your local community, obviously, because that would be illegal, but I mean, you know, go for a walk, <laughs> enjoy some nature, catch some Pokemon. Well, I've, the thing I've... is, though, I find if I've got this out when I'm walking, I'm not really enjoying my surroundings i'm just sort of looking at this <laughs> yeah but I, I, to be fair right like you you do it and like you don't you don't just stare at the phone is how i do it i will go mm. out i will look and like i will i will every now and again i will pull it out and i will have a look i see if there's anything around 
but generally speaking, I like going into nature. To be honest, with you, the more the more into nature you go as well, the less likely you are to find Pokemon. So it's more about then the distance you're walking with your eggs and all this other stuff. I I like the game. I I've also, to be fair, like to say this scary bit about. There's lots of things like there's a very good book if you're interested in that scary aspect of Pokemon Go called um, the Age of Glo- uh, the Age of Surveillance Capitalism. That kind of dic- will tell you how Pokemon Go can use information and stuff. I don't condone that bit of it. I think that's kind of disgusting, which is why I try and limit my use of the app and the permissions I give Niantic and everything else. That said. I have also heard lots of stories of people who were overweight and this encouraged them to go out and exercise yeah. and they actually yeah. slimmed down quite a lot because it introduced walking into their lives and they realised, oh, well, I'm trying to hit this 50-kilometre target. This is actually quite good for me and I've, I've seen to, benefits. To, to um, hatch an egg. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah no, I think there's a lot Pokemon of healthy else. things attached to it. I think it's really helped keep Pokemon as big as it is still today. I think it is incredibly oh, important in the overall picture of Pokemon as a as a brand uh, franchise, yeah. and you know it's not been the only spin-off. I mean, we haven't had chance to talk about them all on this podcast. I think we would have had to have uh, done a third episode on Pokemon, but yeah, we did we're have not do. other things in our uh, gaming interests other than Pokemon to talk about. So we'll have to leave it there. But we didn't mention Pokemon Snap uh, last time. We still haven't mentioned this time. It's a great game. It's got a sequel coming out soon. Uh, if you haven't played Snap before, it's well worth checking out because it's really something unique. Yeah. To be fair, the, the sequel to Snap is out in less than a month at this point, yeah. I think, right? It's out in April. We'll it's talk called... about Pokemon Snap as part of that, Thomas. Yeah, it's called New Pokemon Snap. But uh, That's yeah, easy. Uh, just thinking of maybe some of the spin-offs we haven't mentioned. We haven't gone into the Mystery Dungeon games or the Ranger games no. or the Rumble games or Hey You Pikachu or Pokemon Tournament or Detective Pikachu. Uh, there Still was a movie. <laughs> yeah, there was a film. God. Yeah, I mean, several. A live action film. There's, sev- the there's several yeah. animated films, but most recently, the Detective Pikachu live action film based on the 2016 video game. Don't forget. I think a lot of people Just maybe don't realize played. that it's based no, off a game. Me neither. I still haven't played it. I've always release. wanted it. I wanted yeah, that right. massive amiibo, and yeah. I never got one because I thought, and, uh, well, that's just too big, and it's 20 quid. Pokemon's more now than its main series of games has ever been, unfortunately, I think. Well, I think, unfortunately, it's offering loads of great different experience. But I think the main games, yeah, I'd like to see what they do next. I mean, there are some things going on. There's a remake of Diamond and Pearl, which won't reinvent the wheel. But the Pokemon Legends Arceus game... Now, that looks like it could be something fresh for the series. I'm very interested in that. To be honest with you, though, I'm kind of excited for the remake of um, Diamond and Pearl because, as we mentioned, we didn't play those games. But I think if they could redo those games in the style even of Sun and Moon, I'm not even saying it needs to be on the level of... um, But they're not, are they? They're very true. It's just like the same camera angles, um, redone graphics. Uh, Then I'm not really that interested. Yeah, they've they've quoted, it's not being done by Game Freak, it's being outsourced to another studio. We're working very closely with them. But they they want... (laughs) 
they want to create something that's very true to the original and uh, i.e we're in a global pandemic we can't make the kinds of pokemon games we would like to let's just put this old crap out that no one really cares about anyway i don't know i think it's going to be a quality product but it's not going to be too dissimilar from what we got originally uh other than it's going to use probably the uh obviously the sword and shield engine the let's go pikachu engine something but it's yeah. not going to look particularly different in terms of the towns. Your character's going to be the chibi version of yeah. um, the character. So it won't be like the last few main series games we've seen. Then I'm disappointed. Never mind. Let's stop talking about this. <laughs> Damn it. Okay, yeah, the, the feature of Pokemon is exciting. Like, as you've said, Pokemon is more than just games now. People like my wife have experienced Pokemon for the first time through Pokemon Go. I know that there are colleagues of mine whose children have never played a video game but are super obsessed with Pokemon cards because they still have cultural cachet in schoolyards when kids could go to school. Um, it, it is more than it is. I mean, obviously, there's Uniqlo clothes. There's everything. Like, Pokemon is... is High-end Pokemon designer shirts as well. Very expensive. Oh, God, I, there's I love the merchandise. I think it's probably... The biggest it's ever been of well the, the the original release was huge at the time but the scale of what's going on now especially with 25th I, anniversary this year yeah. it just feels bigger than ever i th- i think that is to do with all like our generation obviously who grew up with it and the the listeners probably too who've grown up with it and experienced this games really there's something magical about the idea of pokemon that really sticks with you and i think that's comes from the core gameplay but beyond that the character design the world everything around pokemon it's very wholesome it's very safe it's cute creatures who which let's be honest who doesn't like a cute animal and um, you'll grow those attachments to them as we did when we were kids you know these exactly. kids now are growing that sort of attachment to these newer pokemon it keeps going and it is a beloved thing and i i'm sure a pikachu is probably like Pikachu is probably at the level that we think of, like Mickey Mouse and yeah. Mario. Like I am and seeing, Sonic. Like, don't forget Sonic and Sonic. This is true. <laughs> but I, yeah, I I think it's a, an interesting thing that kids and adults even now, like perhaps it is bigger. Perhaps you are right because I think at the time kids were super into it and like. I know someone who's like their mate's dad was really into Pokemon and like that's how they played Pokemon like with like as a family unit like all of them play pokemon right mm-hmm. i think that's more true now i think you're gonna like a, there's a generation of dads who will also play pokemon with the kids and understand and be able to like relate to their children when they're talking about diglett and be like yeah i remember diglett <laughs> when i was a, a lad that, i was playing yeah. pokemon the people who were children played it first time around are now adults having their own children Exactly, which will, yeah. you know, perpetuate the cycle of that for wow. better and it's for worse. 25 years, it's older than... They've just flown by, haven't they? They have, they have Tom. And that's the scary thing. Time moves I'm very fast. I'm 35 you might, you this might miss year. It. So I've had Pokemon in my life since I was 10, roughly. Yeah. You know, I guess that was the original release, 25 years. But Even longer most of my life, life, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's been in mind for 25, 100%. Like. Yeah. Anyways, um, I hope you've enjoyed the second part of this massive bumper episode of us talking about Pokemon games. Uh, even though we haven't really had that many like fond memories of these ones, I would say, I, I hope you still found it a good listen. And thank you for the people who reached out about the last episode and said, oh, they've listened and everything else. It was really nice to hear. 
if you have enjoyed this podcast, uh, why not share it with a friend who likes Pokemon? Because maybe they'll get a kick out of it as well. But you can also listen to and share other podcasts. You can find those in a variety of places, such as on tomomatattack.com forward slash podcast, on blastprocess.com. It's on iTunes, Stitcher, and the old Spotify. While you're there, why not give us a cheeky rate and subscribe? Let us know you're listening. You can also find us on social media at facebook.com forward slash tomomatattack or on Twitter at EMAcast for the both of us, at TomPari11 and at Gameball for me. Tom, it's been a pleasure talking to you, mate, but I need to go because I'm busting for the loot and this podcast machine's going to run out. And we, and so. we didn't even do the Pokemon rap. I'm not going to do it now. I, um, I thought about it because I could, but I'm not going to, Tom. It's been a pleasure. <laughs> I will speak to you very soon. But everyone out there also, thank you for listening and be sure, as always, to game on. Game on. Come on!